Welcome to the Booktopia podcast. Um, I'm Sarah McDooling, the Kids and YA Category Manager at Booktopia. And I'm absolutely delighted today to be talking to Gary Lonesborough. Gary, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, it's such a pleasure. I've just um, recently read your book, The Boy from the Mish, and I'm just full of love for this book and can't wait to talk to you about it. But before we like launch into it, for all the people listening, um, we, we just want to uh, tell people a little bit about your book. Sure. Um, yeah, so The Boy from the Mish is about a 17-year-old Aboriginal boy named Jackson. Um, it's set in a small country town in rural, rural New South Wales. Um, and basically it's just a story of, uh, you know, Jackson growing up. Um, he's at a point in his life where he's about to move into adulthood. Um, so yeah, it's about those, those moments in his life where, you know, he's taking that step towards, uh, being, being a man. And it's also a story of first love. So it's a story about him falling in love for the first time and coming to accept who he is. And so, and this is your debut novel, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, so what was it like, the writing process of this book for you? How long, like, when did you start working on it? And what was your journey to publication like? Sure. So I originally started writing this from Thomas's perspective. Uh-huh. Uh, he was a very different character back then. Um, but uh, basically, I, I got the idea, I... You know, wrote out a few things about the characters and then basically just started drafting. Uh, I just punched out a draft and, you know, first draft in about a month. Mm. Um, and then I spent a little time, um, like about a year maybe, uh, reworking <laughs> the manuscript and, uh, you know, editing, chopping, changing. Um, and, yeah, a couple of rejections came my way after I started sending it out and um, I decided to start writing around that time from Jackson's perspective and it just changed the whole book and the whole story and it just made it much, a much more richer um, manuscript. And, you know, there are all the other elements that are explored in this, uh, in the book that's, that's all come from, you know, making that decision to write from Jackson's perspective. And um, yeah, I'm happy that I did because it's much better. That's so interesting to me. I actually, I'm trying to reimagine the book from Thomas's point of view, and it would be very different. Yes, um, it, was, it was a very different story. Yeah, so so much of the story is um, about uh, Jackson sort of having to, I guess, grapple with being who he wants, figuring out who he is um, in the context of the community where he's been. Uh, raised and um, if the book if this whole story is from Thomas's point of view I kind of want to read the Thomas's point of view though now what have you done to me (laughs) (laughs) oh no you're not reading any of those drafts (laughs) they're back in the past where they belong Um, no yeah it was a yeah it was a very different story Uh, so it was about like a boy from Sydney who was traveling down and experiencing you know that whole community for the first time uh so it was very very different but um yeah i found with jackson there was just a lot more to explore there was uh you know he was just a much more interesting character i think um and you know i sort of left him uh he was sort of more mysterious back in the earlier drafts 
but um, I'm really glad I got to explore, you know, his family and his past and, you know, the, the things that he's grown up around and what's made him who he is. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is such a, a rich and nuanced read that covers so many different themes around identity and community and racism and sexuality and bigotry. And it's also this beautiful romance. And to me, I don't know how you were able to balance all of that so well. I'm such a sucker for a, a beautiful romance like this one. And normally when there's two characters in a book and I just really want them to get together, anything that stands in the way of those two characters on the page together kissing is annoying to me. <laughs> but when I was reading your book, um, every, you know, even when Jackson and Thomas are not on the page together, um, I was fascinated and totally engaged in everything that was going on with the dynamics with his friends and his family, even just his own like thought processes. I just, I can't, I just feel like it's, you tackled a lot here and balanced it so finely. And how difficult a process was that for you to sort of um, manage all of that in the one story? Well, um, firstly, thanks so much for, for saying that. That was really nice. Um, <laughs> Well, I guess that all that was all down to the editing. <laughs> so, you know, thank God for edits. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, basically, you know, the original story that I had was just the love story. Um, and it was just, you know, Jackson, uh, you know, having that internal sort of uh, battle with himself and then coming to acceptance at the end. And um, so that was all, that was the whole story, basically, when I first went in those early drafts and, Mm. Um, yeah, it was really through the editing that everything else came to life. Um, yeah, like the, you know, the, like Ethan and the, and the white guys in town yeah. that all didn't exist till the edits and, um, and the, uh, there's a scene in the book where, um, Jackson gets arrested and, uh, not to give away any spoilers, oh, no, <laughs> it's, it's not, I'm not too far into the story. Um, yeah, so he gets arrested and that, like, that didn't, uh, that didn't exist until like through work I had to go with a with a teen client of mine and sit in the police station for six hours. So, um, yeah, all that stuff came in the editing, everything that wasn't the love story anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm really thankful that I had a great editor. Um, I had plenty of time to work on it. So, um, yeah, I th I'm, I'm thankful for all that. And I'm definitely attributing those, uh, those other elements of the story to editing. <laughs> well, it's 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 very well done, and I'm really. It's just a really exciting book. It's you know we're starting off this year, and it's uh, one of the uh, like I've just read a few YA books so far in in 2021, and it's just such an amazing beginning. And I um I read in in the proof copy that I got, I read that you um had set out to write a book that you felt didn't exist for you when you were young. Um, and so I just wonder, like, if I were putting together a list of, you know, books with good representation for LGBTQ Aboriginal characters in YA, I it would be your book, <laughs> and then I wouldn't know what else to put on that list. And I don't know if that's my own failure in not having discovered or read others like your book, or if you are literally, like, one of the first. Um, you can you like what are your thoughts there do you do you feel like has anyone done this <laughs> um 
Yeah, well, I, I definitely haven't read widely enough to say that like this is the first uh, YA book that was written by an Aboriginal author that's featuring an Aboriginal character who's also queer. Um, so yeah, I just haven't read widely enough to say that. But um, yeah, like it might be out there, but I don't know it, and you don't know it. Yeah. And um, yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, this is the whole point. I like the whole reason behind writing it was, you know, um, it's a book that I would have loved to have read as a teen. Um, I think it would have really helped me just, um, you know, just in general to read a book about an Aboriginal character that was written by an Aboriginal author, but at the same time, also a book uh, that featured a character who was queer and also Indigenous. And, uh, you know, if I could have walked into a school library and and found that sort of book on the shelf. I think I would have, I think I'm pretty sure it would have made it a lot easier for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I guess that's the, that's the, the drive that I had behind it was to, you know, fill that it's very, gap in the market. Yeah, it's very, I mean, it's very exciting as a bookseller to hold your book in my hand and just think, wow, like I haven't, I haven't read anything like this before. It's feel, it's so, overdue <laughs> and like the first one that lands in my hands is so great so like I just I, I from your perspective is it is it strange to and, and I mean we both admit that obviously there could be other books out there that we're just both not aware of so um but largely speaking this feels like a kind of a first and what it's like to kind of lead that like publish into a space that has so few other examples in it. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty scary <laughs> that, um, uh, you know, that uh, like I've read a review today that um, they said that, you know, it was like the first Indigenous uh, queer YA story that they'd read and, uh, you know, sort of framing it as if it's the first. But um, yeah. that is kind of scary. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, like, I hope that it'll help people or you know uh, I hope that you know a teen who's uh, picks up this book and reads it can see uh, you know someone who sort of reflects their their experience and they can relate to and take a lot a lot of comfort from yes um, everyone yeah, it is, it is quite should scary. have those books yeah I can, I can imagine and you know the idea of this book getting into the hands of young readers who are able to strongly identify with these characters is it's so exciting. It's also just generally speaking for anyone who picks up this book, a really, just a really beautiful, thoughtful romance um, with just so much rich things going on. Like there's not a single, by the, when I got to the end of this book, I was like, there's just not an area where like sometimes you get to the end of these books and you're like, did the main character have parents? I can't remember. Or like <laughs> maybe did they have that strong of a friendship circle or it like it ends up being too much about the romance. Or this this one is just like extremely well balanced and you know you finish it with just this beautiful hope in your heart. And I also you know and it hurts your heart a few times on the way through. I was really like going on um, Jackson's emotional journey like figuring out being with him as he's trying so hard to figure out who he is and 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 like accept who he is is like highly highly emotional and I just wonder I mean I imagine everyone who's reading your book is having this emotional roller coaster that I had and 
what you must be getting the most amazing feedback and I just wondered like what have you heard from I know it's early but what have you heard from readers or people who've read the book so far that totally stuck with you um yeah I've had a, I've had a lot of feedback um you know a lot of messages from old friends that I haven't talked to in years and uh you know they've gone out and bought the books so they've told me about it and then they'll tell me that they they really liked it or they loved it and Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty overwhelming and I guess I'm, I'm going to have to get used to, uh, you know, getting good feedback. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I think one of the best, uh, one of the best responses I've had was, uh, uh, so I sent a copy to my year 12 English teacher and, um, cause he, he was very much a person who sort of inspired me to get back into writing. Uh, he was very passionate about books and about literature and, um, yeah, so I, I definitely feel like he played a big part in, uh, you know, how I got back into writing. Because, um, yeah, through the teen years, I sort of drifted off into, you know, underage drinking and partying and, and playing footy and stuff like that. But, mm. um, so, yeah, I sent I sent him a copy and uh, waited in fear for his feedback. <laughs> but um, he sent me this really lovely email. And um, there's just one part I'll share from it. He's a... Uh, he, uh, you know, he's also a writer himself, so um, he basically said thank you because um, he thinks that he can you know, add more depth and more layers to his characters um, after having read my book. Uh, wow. So he's taken a lot of inspiration from my characterizations, and uh, yeah, oh that was God. really really touching. That is some. That must have been amazing to hear from someone who you credit as um, helping you get. Started. Yeah, yeah so it was. <laughs> I may have cried when I read the email. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. Uh, now, um, the title of the book uh, comes from a graphic novel in, that is features in the book that the characters are creating. And I couldn't help wondering as I was reading, because, you know, I was just like, I wish this ex the graphic novel existed because I would love to see it and read it. Are there any plans for that? <laughs> or, or is it too, too soon to ask that? Or are you at liberty to discuss that? <laughs> uh, well, no, there's no plans uh, to recreate that in any way. <laughs> Seriously? I thought um, for sure. <laughs> no, uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, that hasn't been mentioned to me yet. That's interesting. Well, someone should mention that to you because I know, mm. I, I feel like a lot of people are going to feel as I did when they finished the book. Which is like, right, so where's my graphic novel? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would have been really great to release as like a companion to the, to the book. But, um, <sighs> yeah, and again, that, that all came through the editing as well. Um, you know, there was a stage where I, I just needed to add more to Thomas. And um, yeah, I just got this idea that, you know, there's a project he's got to work on. And uh, yeah, and then I just started, you know, seeding throughout the book, the, the idea of the graphic novel. and then. And I came to the part in the story where I had to write the uh, the story of the no the graphic novel, and uh, yeah, and then I was just like, oh yes, this is why I had this title in my head. It's to go right here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's... Yeah, again, editing. Thank thank God for editing. <laughs> yeah, it's always so interesting to hear authors uh, sort of say the bits that they started with and the bits that came later and you know when you when you've only read the finished product I find it yeah I find it it's really fascinating to me um 
So, okay, so you're going to work on the graphic novel. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, you, you didn't have this book growing up, um, but what are you able to sort of discuss when you were growing up? Did you have any books that were really like, you think made you the writer that you are today or just that you loved generally and reread often? Oh, yeah, I, I read a lot of Paul Jennings. Um, this is yeah. one of my favourite, I think my favourite book of his was uh, How Hedley Hopkins Did a Dare. Um, <laughs> you know, I just love that book because it was, I think I was 13 at the time and, and it kind of pushed the boundaries of what I was expecting, um, uh, you know, because there's, there's a couple of naughty things that happened in that book. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, also I loved Andy Griffiths. I loved all of his books. Um, and, you know, Paul, uh, Paul Jennings, Andy Griffiths, and uh, also the Goosebumps books. Uh, of course. Yeah, I made my way through a lot of those. Uh, my favourite Goosebumps book was The Curse of Camp Cold Lake. Um, I just remember that one because it really, it was the only sort of Goosebumps book that actually scared me. Um, oh, wow. But, yeah, I, I, in my later teen years, I came across a book called The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexi. I remember and, that book. Um, yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure it's a middle grade book, but it, I, I was probably like 17, 18 when I read it, and yeah, I just loved it because it was a, it was you know a story of a um, a Native American person and uh, growing up on a on a reservation, and you know it was so rich with you know authenticity, but at the same time it was hilarious, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just such a good read, and it was a great insight into that um, into the author's um, upbringing and. You know, so that sort of, uh, you know, I guess, lit a light bulb in my head that, you know, uh, if I do want to pursue writing, I'd, I'd be writing about Aboriginal characters growing up. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that definitely inspired me a lot, reading that book. That's a great reading list of, of books um, to turn someone into a reader, a writer, both, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... Um, do you have anything that you've read lately um, in any genre you like that you uh, enjoyed and would recommend to people listening to the podcast? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think this needs any more publicity than it's already had. <laughs> <laughs> I read uh, recently Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas. Oh, wow. I haven't um, read it yet. Yeah. Um, so I, I did a I did an in-conversation event with her for Where the Wild Things Are bookshop. In wow. And um, yeah, so I got to I got to talk to her about the book. Um, so Walker Books sent me a proof copy of that, and I powered through it in like three nights, which is really quick for me. I'm a notoriously slow reader, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just loved it. She's such a good writer. Makes me really jealous, but um, yeah, I just I hope I can be like half the writer Angie Thomas is one day. She's she's just um she's just from another world, I think. I, I'm yeah, a fan of both of your it. books and um, I think, I don't think you, I, I love both of your books, both Angie Thomas' books and, <laughs> and really, uh, wait, before I say the next thing, I just want to track back to Concrete Rose. This is the, it's the prequel story, correct, of Star's father? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, really so 17 years that. before that you give. Um, but yeah, Angie Thomas uh, said that it was, uh, you know, it was from a response from her readers that uh, she started wondering, like, how Maverick, his main character in Concrete Rose, became uh, the man he was in that you give. So she just started wow. exploring that story. And, yeah, she got a 
a damn great novel out of it, I must say. <laughs> wow, okay, I really need to get my hands on a copy of that. And then um, before, before it's such a delight talking to you, but before we wrap things up, I did want to ask, you know, what's, what's up next? I know you've just released your debut novel and you've just promised me a, a graphic novel, which, <laughs> <laughs> which I fully accept to happen. But aside from those two things, what, are you already working on your next book or, or um, you know, have anything lined up yet? Uh, yeah, I've been working on another YA manuscript for uh, about a year and a half now. Um, so I think I'm pretty close to finishing that. Uh, just gotta, I gotta read through it again and um, see how I go. Um, but yeah, that's just another um, young adult uh, fiction. Uh, another Aboriginal protagonist. Um, but yeah, I've definitely got a few other YA stories up my sleeve at the moment. So, but far uh, too soon to talk about them, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Hopefully, hopefully you'll hear from me again soon. I very much hope so. Um, Gary, it has been such a, a wonderful experience meeting you and talking to you today. Um, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for The Boy from the Mesh. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. And everyone listening, you can grab your copy of The Boy from the Mesh by Gary Lernsbrot. Um at your local bookstore or online at Booktopia. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast, and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at booktopia.com.au.